Welcome to the Rock Your World Naturally podcast, the place where women from around the world come to discover God's plan for total health in spirit, soul, and body. I'm your host, Rakesia McMillan, award-winning author, Air Force veteran, and health evangelist. I'm passionate about sharing biblical truth, scientific research, and practical lifestyle approaches to help heal your world naturally. You're listening to podcast episode 40. Is what you're saying making you sick? Your words and the mind-body connection. Proverbs 16.24 shares, Pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. The scriptures declare that pleasant words are as a honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health to the bones. When I first read these words, I was mesmerized. For some reason, I was surprised and pleased that the scriptures from thousands of years ago were stating something that science had fairly recently confirmed. The thought that pleasant words do bring us joy and health suggests that when we choose to use words that are kind, gentle, considerate, gracious, good-natured, tender, thoughtful, warm, and in other ways pleasing, we feed our souls, we nourish our minds, we attract good health and add quality years to our lives. In this exclusive interview, I had the opportunity to interview Dr. Denise Williams. These words are taken from her most recent work, Wellspring of Words. Dr. Denise Williams is a business coach for professionals, an educator, psychotherapist, and most recently the author of her inspiring work, Wellspring of Words. She started her career as a change management consultant. Within this capacity, she delivered educational solutions to business leaders and simultaneously began a career in education teaching the next generation of leaders and providing practical application for succeeding in a work setting. Dr. Williams shares that she finds her greatest fulfillment in using a behavior framework to help people solve personal problems and make progress in their lives. Her relationship with God has helped her to frame a lot of experiences and gives her hope and great optimism in her work. Her new book, Wellspring of Words, is an extension of this work. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome to the show professional business coach, educator, psychotherapist, and author of her inspiring work, Wellspring of Words, Dr. Denise Williams. Thank you so very much for having me. And it's okay for you to call me Denise. Oh, wonderful. I am so looking forward to our interview today. I know it's going to be impactful to so many that hear it on today. So I'm, again, excited about our our show today. Thank you. Me too. Yes. So Denise, before we get into our show, I usually open up with an icebreaker question. So if you could let our listeners know, what are you doing in your life right now that is rocking your world naturally? 
<laughs> right now, um, I have recommitted, one of the things that I have recommitted is to walk a minimum of 15 minutes each day. Mm. And I did it because I talked to my clients about the uh, about the importance of movement. And recently, you know, there's one client who just doesn't, um, is not consistent. And I kind of challenged myself by challenging her. I said, I want you to do 15 minutes, a minimum each day, and I will do it with you. And so um, I've just decided to do that. And it's awesome, especially if I do it at the start of the day. Oh, I love that. And I am a walker as well. And that is one of the uh, the best forms of exercise that we have as far as, you know, getting a, a total body workout. It not only helps um, to um, increase our, our body function, our body movement, but also um, it brings a lot of mental clarity too, just to kind of clear the mind, give you giving you that break in the day to kind of take that mental breather so to speak absolutely so that's another reason why i enjoy walking it does clear the mind it does clear perspective it does strengthen the body the physical body in many different areas and it does re-energize and being outside especially on a sunny day um just does glorious things for me and I'm able to see so much around me. So that really is very powerful. And then there are other things that I'm doing, like participating in hobbies, um, like crocheting. And I'm also listening to audiobooks. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I haven't seen my mother. She used to crochet a lot when we were younger. So I haven't run across too many people that still <laughs> are doing that. So um, I'm, I'm sure you find a lot of enjoyment, you know, in that. Um, that particular hobby as far as crocheting. Mm -hmm. I do. I do. I give gifts of blankets to, to people. Oh, nice. Nice. And I know with the audiobooks too, I know a lot of people always say, you know, I don't really have time. I don't have time to read. But with the audiobooks, it really, whether you're on the road or whether you're walking, um, you can always listen, you know, to something positive to to feed feed the mind. Yeah. And so speaking of feeding the mind, uh, Denise, you have recently authored and published a book, uh, Wellspring of Words. So tell me a little bit about how this journey to you writing your book began. <laughs> And it has been a journey. Um, <clears throat> I became many years ago aware, and some of the things that I'm telling you are actually in the book. I became aware many years ago about the impact of words <clears throat> and how people used it in a very practical way, probably without realizing. Um, and one of the the things that happened, two things happened from one person. <clears throat> um, one sh uh, friend of mine, which I wrote about in the book, her name is Joy. And she uh, told me 
that she awoke this morning, uh, this one morning, and she was making breakfast for her young child, who was, I think at the time, maybe start, just starting high school. He was very young. And she felt a tight pain in her chest, um, thought she was having a heart attack because she had chest pain, tightness, tingling in the arms, um, and just real discomfort. And she just said, I do not want my child to come downstairs and see me um, dead. I do not want to be in distress. And she prayed, God, please let me live to see my child finish college. And I want to live. <clears throat> and, you know, I won't get into more of the story, but subsequent to say she's still alive now. Um, what she did in that moment, guided by her thought, I want to live. She sat at the table and she slowed her breathing so that she would not give in to panic. And she just kept repeating, I want to live. I want to live. And I was actually taken by that the power in what she had done, because I thought the normal thing to have done would have been to really panic and think, oh my goodness, something bad is happening to me. <clears throat> and then a few maybe years after, same friend, we, she and I were talking and she said to me, you know, you're a pessimist um, acting like a realist. And then the light went on. I'm like, I'm not a pessimist. I'm very optimistic. <laughs> and it forced me to really turn on the light on my own words, my own language. And I started to recognize how I was using words in a very damaging way um, toward myself mainly. And then I started also to see how other people were using words mostly to themselves, but also to other people, because whatever we practice doing, that's what we get really good at doing. Mm. So that was, I think, the, the beginning of this book, Wellspring of Words. Wow. And so as you were just sharing her experience, as she was going through this, she's in physical distress, thinking mm -hmm. she's having a heart attack. And so um, saying a prayer and then releasing her words saying that she wanted to live. Yes. This goes right in line with the scriptures in Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and they yes. that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Yes. And so the power of our words has the ability to produce the fruit that we are speaking, whether that is um, beneficial or whether it is negative. And so that is, <laughs> yeah, an excellent example of how her words produce that, that fruit of life, mm -hmm. you know, at that very moment. Mm -hmm. Isn't it? And, and, you know, thank you for just um, reinforcing that, because I think sometimes people think it's magical, like, you know, I'm just going to say it, and it's just going to come into being. And it's, it's, I don't think it's magic. I think it's, much more than that, that the book goes into. But I think when you said she released it, she said she prayed, I want God help me to live to see my child graduate college. She said, I want to live, right? So she reinforced what she really wanted. And then she sat and she breathed, right? All the time, it's almost like the words that she spoke became a goal for her, 
a target, a North Star. This is what I want to accomplish. This is what I want to achieve. And so that she became focused on it. Yeah, and I think that's a lesson, you know, for all of us that mm -hmm. whether we're going through a health challenge or whether it is something in particular that we are facing in our individual everyday life, you know, we have to ask the question, how am I approaching this matter with what I'm speaking? And many times, you know, goals or um, things may not come to pass or come into being in our lives simply because we're saying the wrong thing. Yes. And so your book truly does focus on, you know, the power of our words and really gives us so many tools and really helps to um, help us to understand that we are equipped with one of the most powerful um, abilities that God has given to us by the words that we're actually speaking because we're created in his image. And so he created the world with words. So, yes. you know, we create our world with words. Uh, you have put it very succinctly. Um, I believe that the scriptures, when they, when, when in Genesis, it says, and the Lord said, right? And God mm -hmm. said, yeah. I believe that though the way that that was written was intentional for us yeah. to really understand yeah. the power in words because I believe that the scriptures could have also said God created the heaven and the earth God created um the, the 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 light and the darkness God created herbs and flowers and animals and man and woman but I think there was something very important about the scriptures saying, and God said, let there be, and God said, um, to show us, to model for us, just as you said, the power in words. Mm -hmm. and, it, and it is such a great model. It's a very simple one. And um, if we put it into practice, and like you said, it's not something that's magical or mystical <laughs> um, you know about it but it's I think it's just the order of God how he how he created us and it's um, something that we really um, need all of us need to work on you know in our lives because we may say things subconsciously or unconsciously about a matter but really being um, intentional about the words that we're speaking and, and having that awareness of what we're actually saying. Yeah, 100%. Mm -hmm. I think of words sometimes as, as seeds, you know. Mm. The way I sometimes I garden, that's another thing that I do. Uh, sometimes mm -hmm. I garden. And recently I was, you know, kind of like re revising my garden and pulling up and I was thinking about seeds and roots and thinking how some some of the roots that I was pulling up, I had no idea where they came from. 
Yeah. Um, and I was thinking about how seeds get planted. Some we are very intentional about, right? So if I want a rose bush, I might plant a rose seed, right? Yeah. And on but sometimes seeds just show up maybe the wind blows them maybe birds bring them and drop them I don't know mm-hmm. and so it is with words sometimes words get deposited sometimes our words get deposited in our spirit I'm such a such a failure I'm such a this I'm such a that my, my face is too you know not good enough or whatever it is we posit words and sometimes the words we use can be really positive and enriching in our own lives I am God's creation I am strong today today I accomplished so much Um, or if you come to me with an idea I might say to you yeah that's a good idea I think you could do it I think you could achieve that goal, right? Or somebody might say to you, I don't think you can do that. That's not, you can't, you want to go where? You can't do that, right? And all those seeds get um, deposited or some of those seeds get deposited and they plant deep roots. And later on, we see people, on some people unable to live their life's potential because those seeds, got rooted and created a different reality. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, I think that's such a powerful visual. And even as you are, you know, just speaking this, I'm just seeing images of seeds that are being planted, whether that's in the ear, whether it's in the heart of someone. And just over time, you know, it it grows and it produces you know, how we think about situations or even our own personhood, how we view ourselves, how we see ourselves. It's kind of like, you know, um, weeds. If if certain <laughs> weeds aren't taken care of, if they're not, you know, uprooted and pulled out, you could have a beautiful green, um, luscious lawn. But that one little weed, if it's, you know, not taken care of before you know it, you'll have weeds planted and spread yes. all over the place because that wasn't addressed. It wasn't pulled out. It wasn't uprooted. And I think it's the same way with words. And I think that's, you know, an, an excellent um, analogy um, re- referring to um, seeds um, and words. It's an excellent analogy. Thank you. I, when I'm in the garden, I come up with all these analogies because it's just interesting. And you are absolutely right with weeds. How weeds can, when you think about weeds as pernicious words, <clears throat> how they can take over until sometimes you might not even be aware of the difference between the weeds and the flowers or the plants or the grass that you actually planted. And that's when they become, that's when in my mind, words become pernicious, words become dangerous. Mm-hmm. When oh. we're no longer able to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, and it's true and that's, that's good because again, like you said, before you know it, you look up, you won't even be able to distinguish 
you know, the weeds from the good and it overtakes it. And so being aware, I think certainly having an awareness of what we're saying and as we're saying it, one of the things that you shared in in your book in chapter five, when you talk about, you know, renewing of the mind. And I think so many individuals that we have to practice this, I think on a daily basis. And so when it, when it comes down to renewing the mind of individuals, even in the work um, that you do, you know, as a clinical therapist, what are some of the things that you really introduce to your clients or how is it that you help them to begin to recognize their words and then help them to renew their mind? So in the in chapter five, it actually talks about how the words, the quality of our words impact our physical or mental um, our spiritual selves. And I will say that maybe the biggest surprise for me was DNA, the impact to our DNA. Um, I did not realize that our words can help our DNA to do the work it was meant to do, right? So respond um, appropriately uh, mm-hmm. to life or can mute our DNA, right? So can limit the full functioning of our DNA. And our DNA is the most essential part of our body that makes us unique from another person. And so that actually struck me um, as really significant, right? So it just reinforces, again, life or death, right? And so for me, one of the things that I do when I listen to my clients and I listen to how they're speaking to me, how they frame situations, is I, you know, I begin to introduce to them how those words might be impacting them. And I give them an example, you know. So, for example, if somebody says something to me like, you know, I just always mess up, for example. Let's Mm -hmm. say that's what they say. I just always mess up. Um, I say, but is that true? And I just ask them, is that really true? Mm. And in that pause, they may be able to tell me, well, there was this one time when I didn't mess up. And then I ask them, was there another time and another time? And, And so that's one tactical example. But oftentimes, one of the questions I ask my clients is, where do you find stillness? And even though those words (laughs) seem like they're straightforward, the concept is so alien to some people that they go, what do you mean? And I say, when do you find time to just be still? Because in our world, in the Western world, we are actually conditioned to be going, going, going. Um, Phones ringing, phones pinging, people calling, many of us multitasking, and we are not often being still. And in stillness, it is possible to reflect on how our actions are impacting us, ourselves, our mood, our emotions, and how the words we're using are also doing the same. So I actually ask people to, I break it down very slowly and just ask people to just reflect on what are the words? How do they make you feel? 
So if you are practicing stillness, then you're going to be able to notice how the words that you're using are helping you to feel light, centered, peaceful, grounded, or how the words you're using are help contributing to your feeling anxious, disturbed, um, uncentered, ungrounded. Um, scripture in Psalms reminds us to be still. The Psalm says, be still and know that I am God. And so for Christians and believers who believe in God or who are aware or who acknowledge God, it's a, it's a, it's a mandate to us to be still and to acknowledge God's presence. However, I also work with people who don't um, have a, a, a spiritual faith or a Christian faith, or maybe they have a different faith. And I still encourage them to be still, to try to find space and time to be still and to listen. I think that's so good. Because as you as you shared in the Western culture, we are 24 seven, you know, mm -hmm. operations. And, you know, I remember growing up as a kid at like 10 p.m. that the flag would show up on the TV screen <laughs> yeah. and we'd all be sitting around the TV watching it. And it's like, OK, it's time to go to bed. <laughs> and I think in the late 80s early 90s that changed to where television was on 24 7 yeah. you know mm -hmm. stores that used to be closed on on Sundays were now opening and so slowly we see how that has really impacted you know our culture as you shared like we're always going there's yeah. you know the rhythms of our sleep and our rest have been interrupted mm -hmm. We're, you know, answering the phone calls and practicing that stillness, mm -hmm. that quietness to really reflect is so pivotal when it comes down to our thoughts. Because um, even as you shared in your book, there's like so many people that are sick, they're weak, <laughs> um, their bodies are inflamed, um, and it's all due to ailing thoughts or words that they've repeated over and over to themselves. Mm -hmm. And I just want to read an excerpt from your book in chapter five. And it says, renowned neuroscientist and author, Dr. Carolyn Lee, mm -hmm. reports that our DNA changes shapes based on the type of thoughts we practiced. Dr. Leaf writes that negative thinking like bitterness, unforgiveness, or other thoughts that increase fear or other negative feelings can cause our DNA to change its genetic expression, which changes our brain's wiring in a negative direction. The brain translates these thoughts into stress and stress makes our bodies sick. Mm -hmm. Science is also teaching us that this damage does not need to be permanent. The harm may be corrected when we begin to practice thinking that inspires hope, kindness, love, blessings, affection, and other positive feelings. So as you were talking, creating that space, creating that moment where we can be in an environment that is positive, but we're also taking that time to reflect on what we're thinking, because many people don't realize the sickness is the illness is 
the ailments that they're they're experiencing in their physical body. Oftentimes we hear that body, mind, soul connection. Yes. Which is so true. And this is a primary example of it and why creating that that space for silent reflective time is essential. It is. <laughs> it really is. And when you read it, you know, I will just say that every single time I read this book and I've gone through it several times, mm-hmm. um, it 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 excites me mm-hmm. and it energizes me because it's almost like even though I wrote it, mm-hmm. I am reminded that yeah, science is also teaching us that this damage does not need to be permanent. Mm-hmm. And therefore, the book, right? Because yes. Earth become aware that this is what's happening and it we can reverse this we each of us has the ability to reverse we can make a change and all we have to do is just start just start absolutely and i think that's a, a perfect segue when you said that we all have the ability to the power to change um that segue that leads into the um, there is power in our I am. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about that, Denise? Yes. The power of I am. So I work with um, with individuals who are challenged by very varying emotional struggles, mental health issues. Um, I work mostly with, you know, depression, people with depression, people with anxiety, etc. And when I listen to them, I hear a common theme of how they see themselves, how they regard themselves, and they regard themselves in most negative ways. So one woman in particular, I remembered meeting her, and I remembered she said some things to me about herself and I said where did you hear that because it was just so outrageous and it was a belief she had in herself um and I said and she she got it because somebody else uh, uh an authority basically had said that to her had used those words to describe her and it got me thinking I said what if you were to think of you know because I always think when we think about ourselves in negative ways there's, there are other things, right? God created us and God called us very good. He called this creation very good. That's something that is very early on in, in the scriptures. Um, and throughout the scriptures, we hear that God calls us um, blessed. He calls us um, fearfully and wonderfully made. God calls us qualified. God calls us valued. God calls us joint ears with Jesus. And so I don't see in the scripture God calls it, calling us these terrible, pernicious, um, negative, you know, ways. Mm-hmm. And so I um, started saying, what if you were to, what are your strengths, right? Let's talk about your strengths. Let's talk about the best of you. And what I started realizing is that when I challenged individuals, they were able to come up with one or two positive ways that they saw themselves or one or, two, one or two positive ways that other people had used to describe them that they could connect with. 
And so is it possible that early on, we understand that maybe we're kind, maybe we're funny, maybe we're intelligent, maybe we're smart, but over the years, over time, other words have kind of taken over and made us feel less than, and we started buying into those negative words. And so um, with the front of the book, uh, focusing on there is so much power in the words that you use, right? There's power in your words to bless. There's power in your words to encourage. There's power in your words to uplift and motivate and bring smiles and live. There's also power in your words to destroy and to break down and to hurt and to bring illness and sickness. So why don't we use the words to describe you that are going to uplift and encourage and be a blessing to you and motivate you and give you drive and give you energy and give you the desire to want to live and to want to live your best life. And so that chapter focuses in on how can an individual use words to describe themselves that will help them to lead a more powerful life. Mm. And that's so good because I think that whether someone heard a negative word um, stemming from their childhood, teenage years, you know, um, my experience has been that I once heard a professor say that if we can help the younger ones heal at a younger age, then the things that we see even in adulthood when people are believing these negative beliefs about themselves it would be a totally different um, outcome or um, approach to the work that that therapists do. And so really helping people to understand that they can have the power to change and take the negative words that have been, you know, spoken over their lives or even that they're speaking over their lives and beginning to, to turn the situation around by um, making those positive um, affirmations about who God says that we are, Mm -hmm. it makes a world of difference because some individuals really may not even know or understand who they are. So until they can understand who they are and having that God perspective and beginning to speak those things that he says that we are, um, it can really change, you know, the trajectory of their whole life. Absolutely. Absolutely. And in that chapter, I include a few, a very small number of who God says we are, you know. I am light. I am powerful. You know, what does it mean? What if I walked through life every day practicing saying I'm powerful? I have power. You know, or I am light, or I am beautifully made. What if every single day I walk through life practicing that? Mm. I I will tell you, I use this example of the Queen of England. Yeah. And I, I talk about the Queen of England. And I say, this woman has been queen for most of her life because she became queen in at, at a young age, maybe like in her early 20s or late teens. I'm not even sure when. Yeah. 
And since then, many decades later, the monarchy is regarded in a very different way. Um, there are many people who think the monarchy is irrelevant. Um, it's outdated. Um, there are some people who don't like the queen. Um, there are some people who have all sorts of negative things to say about the queen. Yet, every time I see the Queen of England on television, she walks like a queen. She speaks like she is a queen. She is not disturbed. She does. She's a queen. Because this is something that she has known. It has been reinforced in her life, all her life, right? She is the queen. And before she was the queen, she was the daughter yeah. of the king. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yes. Regardless of what anybody says about the criticism of any person, and that is what I wish for us, is that we know who we are. Because, by the way, I just got that. We are the daughter of the king. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love it. I absolutely love it. And when we know that we are the daughters of the king, then we speak the words that the king has established for our lives from the very beginning of time. And so for those, uh, Denise, who are listening, whether it is for them, whether it is for a loved one, whether it is for someone that they know, that they are looking to tap into this wellspring of words that they're wanting to have the tools and the resources to know how to speak those positive words over their life, how can they get a copy of your book? The book is actually available on Amazon.com um in book form paperback form or in kindle format or people may send me an email if they want a signed copy they may email me at wellspringofwords at gmail.com that's the title of the book is wellspring of words so wellspringofwords at gmail.com and i can give them more information but for people who are outside of the US um, and they have access to amazon.com, I encourage people to go onto amazon.com to purchase your own copy. Outstanding. And are there any parting words that you would like to leave our listeners with today, Denise? I think that this book, um, the, the inception of this book, started many years ago, many, many years ago. I've been working on it. I've been thinking about it. And that it is published at this time is, I don't believe it's an accident. I think of how timely it is because there are many, we're listening around us and we're hearing lots of things that are being thrown about. And I just really know that I use the title wellspring of words because I think of a wellspring and the dictionaries describe a wellspring as a source. And that's why I want people to just pay attention to the words we're using. Because any word that we speak out, even if I direct um, negative words towards someone else, 
I am increasing their impact in my own life. And so I just really would like people to be much more intentional, much more willing to try to be a blessing with their words to themselves. I rely on scripture, I rely on psychology, and I rely on science to help to reinforce the power that are in words. And this book um, just really touches on that. But it gives a how-to. It really provides a little how-to. Um, you know, what are some steps that each of us can take to begin to make the change? Because any change that we make is an important change that we make. So I hope people um, get a hold of this book, read it, and begin to apply it into their lives. Outstanding. And thank you so much for um, those words of encouragement to those who are listening on today. It has um, truly been a blessing. It has been my pleasure, you know, to host you. And I hope to have you again in the future. It's been wonderful being here. And thank you so very much for having me. This is awesome. God bless you and may the Lord uh, fill you with many, many more books uh, to be a blessing uh, to us in the future. Thank you. <laughs> God, God bless you, Denise. God bless you too. Thank you. For health tips, total health education, and inspiration, visit rockyourworldnaturally.com. On Facebook and YouTube, Rock Your World Naturally, and on Twitter, Rock Your World 28.